It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look at the five and ten It's glistening once again With candy canes and silver lanes that glow All right, I gotta ask you How many of you have hung up your Christmas lights outside yet? How many of you are going to? How many of you refuse? There we go. I love Christmas. I am the one that sometimes in July when it's scorching hot, I get my Google radio and I'll play It's a Winter Wonderland. Maybe it's just to try to get my mind wrapped around it, but I'm the one that as soon as Halloween is over, even though I make fun of the stores for putting up their Christmas decorations before Halloween, I will listen to Christmas music before Thanksgiving. I enjoy Christmas. I, uh, I like what, you know, all of it. How many of you, has any of you uh, gone through any light displays yet? Anybody gone through some of them? All right. Um, how many of you have bought a Christmas present or two or three or four? Is anybody done Christmas shopping yet? Brother Ron, you hadn't even started. Some of y'all, you say I'm done, but what that means is I'm not buying anything. I like to buy gifts. I don't always buy, you know, I don't always get into it. I did go uh, to, the, to the back side of Black Friday shopping. I don't do the crowds and all that, but I'll go around, you know, 3 or 4 p.m. on Friday because hopefully most people are gone. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed going to... Uh, Gander Mountain and the uh, the cowboy, the, the boot store that's there, you know, those are fun. I did step foot in one of the outlet malls, and uh, that was no fun at all. But, um, you know, I, I, I've done that. I like that. I really enjoy the opening of the presents, especially when they're mine. And uh, I am quick, usually starting in June. I give my mother and dad my Christmas list. It changes a few times, but, uh, you know, that's all right. I'm okay with that. Uh, I like that. And, and, you know, we, we look out and, and uh, we were driving back from, from uh, Morgan and Andy's wedding and I had uh, Zoe and Mason and Shaylin in my car driving back to the church to drop some stuff off and to watch the excitement of those three girls. Every place, it didn't matter if it was the, the pitifulest light display on a house. They were excited to see it. They couldn't, you know, they were trying to find who could point it out the best and they enjoyed that and I'm, I'm okay with that. Um... But you know, there, there, it is kind of interesting, and the video we played with, with uh, about Christmas for Christ, I think he has a point, that sometimes in the celebration of the season, the actual season gets lost. Uh, as far as I can tell, the whole reason we give gifts around this time of year is to celebrate Christmas. Christmas meaning the birth of Christ, however, it has uh, kind of deviated a bit, now we talk about you know, happy holidays, and, and you don't have to be, I kind of think it's unfair. If you don't believe in Jesus, I don't think you should get any gifts on Christmas Day. I, I kind of just believe that. Have your own holiday and do whatever you want to do on your own other holiday. And, you know, quit taking my Lord's name in vain and quit stealing my thunder for the Christmas presents. Uh, but, you know, you kind of think about that. What is Christmas? And I'm not trying to preach just a cute little Christmas message. I've got a point. But it is beginning to look a lot like Christmas. The temperature might not be, but from what I understand, if you wait till about Thursday, we'll get down into the teens. So 
those of you that like that bitter cold weather, Merry Christmas. Um, but it is beginning to look a lot like Christmas. They, they have the Christmas trees up. I've seen some of our kids, especially those that are involved in some of their school functions, they've been uh, uh, there lighting the Christmas trees. Maybe it's the mayor's Christmas tree at the city hall or uh, the meadow's Christmas tree. You have all of that. You start to hear the Salvation Army uh, bells ringing in front of a lot of the stores and now you've got Santa Claus at the, uh, the malls and you can go get your picture taken with him. You can go cut your Christmas tree down if you so choose or you can buy one that you can plant later in your yard or you can buy one at the store like these and you can enjoy that for the year. You pack it up and the next year I promise you none of the lights are going to work on the Christmas tree you bought last year and you're going to get mad and you're going to throw it away and you're going to buy another Christmas tree. It's all a conspiracy. It's beginning to look like Christmas. If you, if you uh, judge the holidays by what you see, we would say we're in Christmas time. 102.5 and 103.3 is playing Christmas carols. And uh, I'm all right with that. I did find something. In fact, Sister Buford showed it to me today. And so before I get too serious, I mean, I am actually serious, but before I uh, get into the Word of God, I guess would be what I'm getting at. I do have a something to teach you. And that is there's five ways for you today to survive the Christmas shoes song. If you're not familiar with that song, Christmas Shoes, then just enjoy your tree and live the charm life that you're living and savor it. It's going to be good. But uh, I'm trying to remember who wrote it. I forgot to write it down. I didn't come up with this. I uh, saw it online and thought I'd share it with you today. Uh, number one, if it ever comes on the radio while you're riding in the car, don't forget to tuck your shoulder when you open the door to roll out into the street. And if you time your roll perfectly when the car is going slowly, your back will take the brunt of the landing. And if you're driving, it's still good advice because your car might ghost and ride along for a while, but you can always buy a new car, but you can't unhear that song. Uh, don't negotiate with it. It's kind of like fear. Christmas shoes cannot be beat with logic or rational thinking. Don't waste time with questions like, where was this kid's dad? And does he even have a dad? And why did he have to buy shoes? Why not a Christmas dress? Why not a delicious bowl of queso? Why not anything? Maybe the kid could have bought two gifts and helped two families at the same time. I mean, what eight-year-old has ever successfully purchased women's shoes in the history of mankind? I'm not exactly sure. Number three... Forget trying to make it like an acquired taste. It's not like algebra. It doesn't get better once you get used to it. Don't think that listening to it repeatedly will solve your problems. The only way is if this song could ever be worse, worse is, is uh, uh, you know, if it just kept going over and over and kind of kept going, you know, for example, sir, I want to buy these shoes. I just came back from Afghanistan, bald eagles, patriotism, and, you know, all of that. Maybe we could add that to it. Or number four, you could ju just keep it out of every Christmas playlist. I know you're thinking I'll hide it in the midst of a hundred song playlist. No one will notice, but they do. And that's when people leave your Christmas party. And stop being friends with say the song is not a bad song. They're wrong. They have terrible judgment and they probably prefer unfrosted Pop-Tarts as well. Don't do life with them. That's what I read this morning. That was after I prayed and read my Bible though, just so you know. But it is, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And invariably, whenever you get caught up in the, 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 uh, the craziness of Christmas and the decorating and the, the uh, kind of the commercialism, it does make me look back 
on what was happening on that first Christmas. Now, I, I understand all of you great theologians, Jesus was not born on December 25th most likely. It just happens to be the way we celebrate it. I don't know that we'll ever know exactly what day he was born, but uh, it was there. I, I want you to, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to read the Christmas story, and then I want to tell you why it really is beginning to look a lot like Christmas. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to the book of Matthew chapter 1, and then we're going to turn to the book of Luke chapter 2. And give me a moment to hopefully let you see some things that maybe in all of your years of reading the Christmas story you hadn't thought about too much. Now the birth of Jesus was on this wise. When his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. While he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all of this was done that it might be fulfilled that which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying behold a virgin shall be with a child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us and then you can see it takes you through it says that Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea in the days of King of Herod the king and behold there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem saying, Where is he that is born of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard these things, and of course you can go through that. I'm not going to tell you all the story of, of Herod. Herod kind of, he, he played the wise men or thought he was, but it didn't work out. And so the wise men, when they departed from the king, verse 9, they, they, they departed and lo, the star which they had saw in the east went before them until it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they came into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him when they had opened their treasures and presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Let's turn to the book of Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 and verse 1 says it this way, It came to pass in those days there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was the governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea and under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. He was taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there was in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a great multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were going away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, Let us now even go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass. For the, the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste 
and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. When they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told of them concerning the child. And all that heard it wondered at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. Mary kept those things, pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Would you give me just a few moments to tell you why it really is beginning to look a lot like Christmas? Because to be honest, it's not the tinsel, it's not the lights, it's not the Christmas trees, it's not the ornaments, it's not the Black Friday shopping and the wrapping of Christmas presents, it's not the elves on the shelf. Let me take you to why it looks a lot like Christmas. Uh, Friday or Saturday, I don't remember, I got the mail. And lo and behold in my mailbox, but what doth appear? But my end of the year taxes, those property taxes. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Because we're taxed. I'm seeing some similarities right there. Mary and Joseph left for taxes and I opened mine up. And you know, we've in the past had old cars and that's okay because they don't charge a lot for them. But when you buy a little newer car, they charge a little bit more for them. And I looked at that and kind of didn't know if it was worth it. Brian, we might have to get rid of your van and go back to my 1992 truck. But it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It was just then in those days where they had called the taxation. I think about that and you deal with that. I think they planned that. I don't know about you, but I think they planned that in the midst of holidays. That way all of you that didn't plan to pay your end of the year taxes, you have to use the Christmas money you got that you wanted to use for something fun. And you go pay to St. Charles County or whatever it might be. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas because there was traveling going. Any of you have any plans to travel over the holidays? We got three or four, there's a few more. Those shepherds, those, uh, not shepherds, the wise men rather. We don't exactly know where they were from. Most attribute the, the wise men to the Orient somewhere east, perhaps there in India, perhaps even farther into the what, what now we know as China. We don't exactly know. And by the way, there probably was more than three. The reason we talk about three wise men is because they gave three gifts, but it didn't say there were three wise men. There could have been a lot more than that. That they had traveled, and I'm, I'm interested in how they know. Some say it's because they had read the scriptures of, of the Old Testament of there, and they had begun to study of that. Others say they were astronomers. I don't know exactly how it all is. They just knew there was something that they had never seen before in the heavens. And they began to travel. And I'm sure their travel went about like your and I travels go. It's not always easy. Their camels ran out of gas. They tried to find something to eat and it wasn't open. They say, I can make it to the next exit. And they, they, they didn't. All of that transpires. Or the chaos of just life. You go to buy that one gift you wanted. You know, the one that everybody wants and it's already sold out and you can't get it. You go to Black Friday and you get trampled. I, I, I don't know if it happened here, but I saw videos of absolute war over some bobble that they could get. And uh, you have that. But it's the same with Mary and Joseph. Hang with me, I'm getting somewhere. It's the same with Mary and Joseph. They went to find room at an inn, and there wasn't any room. It was a chaotic time. Everybody was there. Everybody needed a room. They didn't plan ahead. They didn't make the reservations. And there they are. Now they're in a manger or a, or a stable, if you will. And uh, 
they're laying down on just hay that they've kind of scattered out. And there, in the midst of that place, Jesus was born. It was just a normal night. See, we plan up to it. You're, you've, you've got the, 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 the calendars that everybody has. People call them Advent calendars. Others call them, you know, the, the days of Christmas. And we have those little calendars and you move it as the days go and you get close. But during that time on that first Christmas, it was just like any other day. They went to work. They did their, their duties. You've got shepherds out in the field. This wasn't a special night. They had done this every night of their career just out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night making sure that a, a wolf or a lion or something along those nature didn't get the lamb or perhaps someone steal they're, they're out there and I don't know what they were doing my imagination can run wild they're sitting there and they're talking just doing whatever it is to stay awake those of you who've ever worked a night shift you know what it is you you drink the coffee, you kind of slap yourself a few times, you just talk mindless chatter just to stay awake and it was just like any other time period. There's nothing special about that moment. Just as if you will, there's nothing special about this moment. And that's why I think Christmas is so incredible. It is beginning to look a lot like because the world is in the same spot it was in then as it is now. Desperately in need of a Savior. Now they didn't know it. I've, I've, I've told you some times and, and, and I've, I've read to you over the past six years. I, I've talked to you about that many of them didn't think that they needed a savior that in fact in that time period it was a time of great peace the Caesar that was on that time they literally called him Caesar Augustus they called him the son of God they, they worship not the Jews but you know that the, the, the Romans they worship Caesar as God and Caesar Augustus had come after Julius Caesar those of you that know your history the, the whole you know Ides of March and A2 Brute and all of that this Caesar Augustus had come and and there was no war going on. They had closed the, uh, the, the temple of war there, the God of Janus. And the, the doors had been closed. Everything was good. Nobody was looking for a savior in those times. Just as today it seems no one's looking for a savior. Those shepherds were going on their own way. The wise men, now they were seeking him. And I'm, I'll get to that in a moment. The wise men had sought him. To be honest, I don't know that Mary and Joseph truly understood the scope of what was about to happen. Oh sure, she had had a visit from an angel and he had too. And, and they knew that this was the Son of God. They knew that it was going to be Emmanuel, God with us. But they didn't understand how it was going to all play out. So I can assure you and any of you that have been around a, a lady that is pregnant, all of those same things happen with Mary. I have a feeling that donkey ride was not comfortable. And she probably wasn't in the best of mood. And when she had to sleep on the hay, that didn't make her any happier either. It was just like any other day. I've listened to that song. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas so much I can sing it word for word. But as I begin to look at the story that we find in the Word of God, I begin to realize that it sure does look like Christmas. Why did Jesus come? Have you thought about that lately? I know you know it. You've been saved. You've been baptized. You've been filled with the Holy Ghost. But have you really thought about why he came? 
His word says he's come to seek and to save that which is lost. It's because he does the first step. It's because he came down to a world that didn't realize they were lost, some of them. He came down to a world that was going uh, on its own business, just kind of living life and counting down the days to whatever. But he came so that they might have life and that more abundantly. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Because today is a moment where you and I can still experience the gift of the nativity, the gift of the incarnation. If you, if, uh, you know, come, I, want you, I hope you're back Wednesday night because we're going to get to the second half of the sermon I'm doing on Hebrews. When we begin to realize what the gift of the cross truly means, I, I, I know it, I've, I've lived this all my life, I can understand it, but when I begin to open the Bible and really crack in there in Hebrews chapter 8 to understand the scope of what it meant for God to become man and live on this earth and walk among us so that he could be touched by the feelings of our infirmities and then ultimately lay his life down on the cross. What a gift for you and I. But I would tell you today that the gift of the incarnation, the gift there that in that manger is absolutely quite pointless if you don't open it and use it. I've asked you to raise your hand several times. I think some of you are scared to answer because I'm convinced that the questions I asked, more people would answer them. So let me ask you this one. Have you ever got a Christmas gift you never opened? I got my mom a Christmas gift. Y'all can't tell her I'm going to tell you this. I got my mom a Christmas gift. I thought long and hard. I got something. I even spent good money on it. About seven months later, I was at mom's house and I walked down the steps to the basement. And they don't have a finished basement, so it's basically where they store stuff. And there was my Christmas gift. Nicely covered, taped, never even been opened. Hurt my feelings. I cried a little bit. Have you ever had a gift you never opened? It's kind of pointless. In fact, if you if you'd be honest, it either means you forgot about it, which I've done before. Now, that's kind of cool when you open a card and there's a gift card in there that you forgot about. That's kind of fun. But you either forgot about the gift or you didn't care about the gift. Those are the gifts you re-gift later at like holiday Christmas parties and stuff. The gift that God has brought is quite pointless if you don't open it and use it. Now I know, I, I know my audience today. I look out and, and I see, and, and to be honest, I know just about everybody here, if not everybody. I pretty much know where you stand. I pretty much know where you are in terms of your salvation. At least, you know, have you been baptized? Have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? I know my audience. But can I tell you today, that God came down to earth in a time much like this time. And he came down for a purpose. That it doesn't take the trees and the gifts and, and the tinkle and the, and, the, and the tinsel and the lights and all of that. It doesn't take that to celebrate him. I'm beginning to realize that every day that I live is a day that he came for me. The good days and the bad days. The hard days and the easy days. 
The day is when I got to pay the taxes. The day is when I'm traveling here and there. The day is when the stress is there. The day is when I'm just at work and kind of going by my own things. I realize it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And he came, and the reason he came was still valid. Won't you stop and think for a moment? What's your life like right now? What's been going on in your life? What situations and circumstances and trials and and things and, and the busyness, whatever, what has been going on in your life? Can I tell you that he still comes to seek and to save those who are lost? You find in the Christmas story, you find two uh, uh, distinct people, and I think today that they they match you and I. Number one, for the shepherds, he found them. They were just sitting around watching the sheep, and the sky opens, and an angelic choir comes booming out. It was probably one of the mo- most magnificent spectacles you could have ever seen. Perhaps, uh, uh, you know, only. Isaiah's vision or Ezekiel's vision could have ever been uh, equal to what they saw in that sky there. For some of us, God sought you out. For some of us, you were just doing whatever you were doing and God opened the heavens and He spoke to you and kind of, if you will, stopped you right in the middle of your tracks and He came to you. But for others... You were like the wise men. You had seen something in your life that caused you to begin to search and to seek. You got a journey. It took steps. It took time. Your knowledge kept ever increasing until you realized what, where he was leading you. It was to the foot of a little manger. To the foot of God become flesh dwelt among us. But regardless of what brings you to him, the answer is this. It's not the birth that changed my life. It's not the birth of Christ that allows me to stand behind this desk and preach. It's not the birth of Christ that saved me. It's the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. I'm not... I can't just celebrate the birth because the birth, I know what comes later. I know what comes 33 and a half years after that. We'll celebrate it next year around April or so, that Easter, that he died for me. You know, he died for those that were in that time period when he came. He he knew what was going on. And he knows where you are today. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. How do I know? Because it's life. It's exactly what we've been doing for however long humanity has been on this earth. Just kind of going our own way and seeing what things happen. But in the midst of that, he comes. 